Hello and welcome to Garagarot of this town, a pop punk and emo pop new things podcast. I, as always, really wish I was dead and with me other unhealthy intrusive thoughts. Hi, my name is Sybil, and I'm the one that whispers to you when you stub your toe and think, I could cut that off. I'm Adam, and I'm the one that thinks, I could drink that candle wax. Uh, We're continuing today our month of January, where we talk about things that released in the last year and were good. We should give a name to whatever we're doing. I was going for new stuff February, but that's... That is just like the worst thing a human ever conceived. So this is just the month in which we do a month-long roundup of four things I enjoyed last year. There are pop punk and emo pop adjacent, I guess. Join you, Ari. No, no. Um, <laughs> anyhow, this is what we're doing. We have four records from the years prior. And that I enjoyed. I mean, my record of the year is the Origami Angel record, but we already talked about that one. So we're talking about other stuff that was good or interesting or relevant. What are we talking about today, my friendly co-hosts? Um, scene kid Halloween music? It is Stomach Book by Stomach Book. And uh, yeah, it is our first trans artist that we talk about on the podcast. That is a, that is a achievement. Trans art, trans art, trans art, trans art. History of stomach, but also like all. I will probably cut a bunch of this because it's all relying on my Finch joke, and my Finch joke doesn't make sense because the Finch joke has been cut from the Finch Finch then just episode. Stop talking about the Finch joke. I will no. I will start with this rant, which makes no sense. But at least it transitions us. Haha, <laughs> transition. We literally make that joke every time. Uh, into talking about. The artist that we're talking about today. So let's talk about Stomach Book. I have one, two, I have four lines of text about her. Okay. I, I took my time to re- write a history of four lines. So. Take it away, Ellie. Stomach Book is an artist from the internet, taking the name of this project from a Utah Lloyd song. Adam, help me with this. I think it's like a Vocaloid, but different. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they are basically just something similar. Nope, never heard of it in my life. The difference between the two is Vocaloids aim to sound more humanoid, and Utauloids 
have a much more expressive inhuman range. Her description on Bandcamp is just spilling my guts, and you can also read that they're from South Bend, Indiana. Sybil, give us some facts about South Bend, Indiana. Oh no, oh no, that's why I knew the name South Bend, Indiana. Fuck me. Hmm. Pete Buttigieg. Hmm. Oh, oh. Fuck. Oh. Mayor Pete. Oh. Fuck oh, off. No. <laughs> Well, that's everything we need to know about this city. Burn that shit to the ground. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, also, if you look at, the, at their Twitter, you can see that they're younger than Adam, which is impressive. Highly impressive. Well, Stomach Book is making Team Fortress 2 jokes, so I like them. But yeah, I cannot really find more information on her online. Um, the only reason I got into this record is because it's uh, extremely Rate Your Music shit, and uh, I look at Rate Your Music charts, and this was somewhere in there. And I was like, let's listen to this. And I listened to this, and it was good. And now we're going to talk about the record, unless y'all have any additions to this? Nope. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the record. It's a good record. We start with animals, not the Pink Floyd record. It's not the uh, Orange is the New Black opening either. I don't know what Orange of the New Black is. Uh, Captain Janeway is in prison. I couldn't care less about it, except Regina Spector did the opening, so... Captain Janeway is in prison. That's all you need to know. I don't know Star Trek. The only Star Star Trek I watch is Deep Space Nine, and I didn't even watch all of it. You should watch Lower Decks. I should re- I don't care about Star Trek. I'm gonna- I'm gonna piss off a bunch of people here. I don't care about Star Trek. Uh, let us talk about animals. So, the f- you will hate me for this, Sable, but the mm-hmm. first thing that this song reminds me, and especially for because of that bass line, is this has very Lemon Demon vibes, which I actually like. I know that you cannot stand the guy, but... Uh, yeah, this sort of sounds like early Lemon Demon with added, like, noise pop influences and with a lot more of darkness in it and a bit less jokey. Way less jokey, actually. So, Juju. Okay, I, I could see that. That is not my frame of reference for this, but I could see that being compared to Juju. All I'm hearing is that I need to recommend this to my younger sibling because they really like Lemon Demon. They like Lemon Demon and Undertale. They will fucking love this record. <laughs> Yeah. Is this Undertale-y? I don't know. Yeah? Yeah, like, yeah? Like, not musically, but like, this is very Undertale feel. I just remember that game was about a body count. <laughs> this record is about a body count. Is it? Okay. Sounds tough. <laughs> what did I miss? I don't know. They talk about entrails a lot. I assume someone died in this record. I mean, sometimes you're just... that That's just what being trans is all about. 
I hope not. I would like my entrails to stay in my body. We said sometimes. Okay. Also, you want some of those things away from your body and you know it. No. Well... See? <laughs> we had a whole discussion about resurrection last night. Look, I'm just saying that, that, that there are two bits that could go away, but the rest is fine. Just they count as entrails. Do they? Yes. Also, you could I probably guess. stand to get rid of your appendix, too. <laughs> Should I? I don't know what an appendix is. It does nothing. Okay, I do nothing. I wouldn't get rid of myself as a whole. I mean, it does nothing except for sometimes it explodes, and then if you don't get it taken out, you die. Yeah, that still sounds like me. Hallie, please don't <laughs> explode and possibly kill us. <laughs> I'll try my best, but, you know, sometimes nature takes its curse. The podcast comes to an end when Ellie just wraps her wrists around my neck and we end of Ava this shit. I mean, it's another trans experience. And a little hot, if I'm honest. I will freely admit that the only Evangelion that I've seen is the main series, and I've literally never watched anything else of the additional material. Okay, well, that's also incredibly trans in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, I like the song. Uh, I think the album gets way better later on when it sort of starts diving a bit more into the darkness. The, the first two songs are sort of like happy spooky. They're, like, very Halloween. Um, that's why I compare them with Levin Devon. They have that sort of bouncy sound. Uh, it, I would also say that it reminds me... I don't know if this was on air or off air, but it reminds me of Billy and Mandy, but, like, this this lady is, like, younger than Adam. She doesn't know what Billy and Mandy is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It's not like it didn't still exist on the internet after it stopped being on air. And reruns. I, like, a lot of, that is fair. Like, a lot of this record is just very 2000 to me in a way that should not be possible from someone who wasn't alive in the 2000s. I don't know if she was alive or not. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, sure. We'll pretend we know what you mean. This is a hard album to discuss in some ways because it's not very lyrical. It's not very lyrical, it's not very pop-punk, and it's not particularly emo. I don't know why we're talking about it, mostly because sometimes it sounds like My Chemical Romance. Sometimes it specifically sounds like blood from My Chemical Romance. That is the only reason why this is here. Okay. I enjoyed it. Um, it also it reminds good. me of Panic at the Disco a little bit. A little bit. I mean, it is really good. I put it on here because I really enjoyed it. Um... But it doesn't really fit our mold for things that we talk about, so it's really interesting. Um, I, for one, was very happy to listen to the first song on this album because I was like, ah, this isn't how Ellie explained it at all. I like this. <laughs> how did I explain it again? You said it was noisy. It is noisy. It gets very noisy later on. It's no, no, it's not. Noise is bad sounds. These sounds are not bad. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, that is fair. It's not harsh noise, but it's definitely like noise pop adjacent, a lot of this. It's like dark cabaret plus noise pop plus Undertale. 
I'm still gonna call this an Undertale record. We All Fall Down, unlike the SR-71 song, is track two. Oh, no, don't bring SR-71 into this. Uh, I have them in my notes repeatedly, I'm sorry. There's definitely some comparisons How? to make. How? No, no, there isn't. There are some comparisons to make. No, no, there aren't comparisons with the battiest band ever. This is this. literally one of the titles of one of their tracks. It's still Cause we all fall down. Mashing I remember the song. I remember the song. I don't want to remember the song, but I remember the song. But also Mashing and Kelly has a song named My Bloody Valentine. I don't go around talking about Mashing and Kelly like it's a it's a champion of shoegaze. Can I mean... you imagine a machine gun Kelly shoegaze album? I think his voice would actually fit the genre, but let's let's move on. Saying oh God, that this that. is SR seventy one because it's called We All Fall Down seems like I don't know. <laughs> that might be stretching a little too far. You see, you, you, you broke Adam. Adam doesn't have any words anymore. This is the track where it definitely goes a little harder on the noise, what with the feedback bursts. Yeah. And this is also probably the more playful track of the record. This is very bouncy. Like, it starts by saying, can you feel it, the pain and fucking apathy? And this song doesn't sound pathetic at all. This is like a very engaged song with a, with a, high, with a high-ish tempo for the record. And... I don't know, it's fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure this song is trying to be fun, but it, it, it's a fun song. It's like a fun, spooky song. It, it has electro-punk vibes. This song is so fun, and I love it. It's sort of like meme a bit, like that meme playful darkness shit, which I can appreciate. And yeah, it, remi- it reminds me a lot of, and if you're, uh, this is both for my co-host and for my listener. Uh, if you're not into Shinsei Kamatachan, you should be, because they're great, but it reminds me a lot of them. They're a bit less, they're a bit more accessible, like Shinsei Kamatachan is a bit more noisy and a bit darker in some things. Yeah, I can look at this band and think they have uh, hair and a lack of pronouns. <laughs> Nothing's blue. I couldn't make the full joke. But yeah, it does remind me of the kind of like noise pop. Um, which is good. I like Shinsei Kamatsushan. I like this song. And yeah, it's great. It's noisy. It has this great texture, musical texture to it. Great use of sampled voices. I don't know where if they're sampled from something or they're just self-sampled, but I really like some good like recorded voices to add texture to music. Uh, gives it a really sort of like fun, creepy vibe. This is good stuff. I feel like the final one has to be the actual artist herself. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But, you know, it still counts as sampled voice when you give it the sampled vibe, right? I suppose. 
Sample is a state of mind? <laughs> I've heard worse arguments. That's an album title somewhere. Also, like, I wonder how many of the guitar parts on this record are samples, because, I mean, they all seem played, but there are a couple of guitar parts on this record that really remind me of something that I cannot quite place. And I do wonder if they're, like, sampled from something or at least taken from something, but I'm dumb. I don't make it. I didn't do any research on this. Well... How about we keep moving from whatever this chaotic cluster of a week is going to be? Ah, <laughs> uh, let's talk about Lullaby for an Angel's Egg, part one. track on the album it is pretty good um does this count as a ballad is my question no okay because i think this is basically channeling raw mars volta it is a it is a story song that is downbeat and still driven instrumentally and shifting through genres and I really wouldn't classify this as a Mars Volta song. <laughs> That's the vibe I got. Okay, but like, so one of my notes I talk about, there's a genre that I, there's a, specifically a band camp genre that I like to call trans people shouting TMI lyrics under a wall of noisy instrumental, which, you know, includes stuff like, you know, what what's the name, Doveland? And a bunch of stuff like that. And this very much feels like that Valkyrie. A lot of it is a bit more electronic-y. And this, I feel this is very much in the trans people shouting TMI lyrics under a wall of noisy instrumental genre. Which is good. It's a good genre. I enjoy it. It's just like a thing. A lot of people do. And it's cool. Like, this is very wall of noisy with shouted lyrics. And I'm okay with it. Interestingly, I thought we were going to have that discussion too, but I have that note on the next track, so... Okay. This is sort of also like sort of sh- sheds the playfulness of the previous two songs. This is like, generally makes me a bit uncomfortable to listen to, which I is not it. a bad thing. I love no, it. No, no, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's like, it's dark in a really good way, but it's also like sort of like uncomfortable and like, e, which is good. Dark, dark feelings and sh- you know, negative shit is good in art sometimes. Otherwise, we just all end up watching Marvel movies forever. Yeah. Otherwise, the future is written by Joss Whedon. Well, no, he he doesn't get work anymore. He's been chased out of Hollywood. Ah, he'll be back since He'll be back eventually. I'll probably uh, become a voice actor next. Ugh. Ugh. (laughs) Like Chris Pratt? Is that the joke? No, the joke is uh, 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 about people... Fuck, what's his name? He voiced Ed Elric in Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, Mignona. Yeah, that one. That guy hasn't gotten any work since. 
He sued multiple companies who he could have gotten hired by, and nobody will touch him. He's nuclear. He got kicked out of a convention that people tried to sneak him into. Fun fact, I only ever associate that song with True Blood. I'm pretty sure that song was like in a WWE pay-per-view at some point, because oh, that it is was. what my brain thinks. I okay, mean, yeah. I associate it with Homestuck. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Is there anything you don't associate with Homestuck, Adam? There's lots of things. Me? Yeah. No, I my introduction to that song, the first time I ever heard that song, was in a Homestuck uh, cosplay music video. <laughs> well, I didn't know that was a thing. I thought it was very cool. Hmm. <laughs> Lately, our episodes are just diving into... I don't know what this is anymore. Here's the thing. This is one of the most chaotic albums we've ever covered on a lyrical production and conceptual level. So it turns out when we don't have a grounding thread to drive us and an artist who is very new and a little bit self-effacing as well as shy, it's real hard to keep a through line. And this is what I we am- get. I just was done editing the Movie Life episode today. That was a new artist. That wasn't chaotic. We still talked about ghost facts for some reason. And Chris Pratt. Yeah, that's my fault. To be fair, any time ghost sex comes up, it's probably my fault. No, ghost sex was my fault, actually, in that episode. So what you're Um, saying is that in this episode, I need to bring up ghost sex, so that way we can have a trifecta. (laughs) Sure. Or Dear Evan Hansen. We talked about that, too, last episode. <sighs> well, two episodes ago. Oh. So, I don't like this song. That doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just not my vibe. Like, I look at the lyrics and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that's really cool. And then I listen to it and I'm like, no, thanks. It is the noisier of the of how this record gets. This is very much like wall of noise, screamed vocals. It is very much my vibe. I do enjoy it. And that's valid. Folia Du. Is that how you pronounce that? Isn't that a Fall Out Boy album? It is. That is what that is one of my first notes. Like it is a thing. Like it is a term used for things. Mm-hmm. So like it might just be completely underrated, but I do wonder. Given this person inspirations, if it actually was a Fall Out Boy reference. That's the one with um what is that I song? Don't care what you think as long as it's about me it's called i don't care <laughs> i loved that album <laughs> it's no it's no under the cork tree come on under the cork tree is their best album i'm not saying it's not but that was like the one that was my favorite mostly because it was the most fun to sing for me 
Also, another note, another note for this song is this is a dark cabaret song played underwater. This is one of the song. This is probably my least favorite song of the record, to be honest. This is the one rec- song on the record that makes me wonder if this is a bit too cheesy. Like, this sort of has Amanda Palmer vibe, and no one fucking wants Amanda Amanda Palmer vibes. I wasn't gonna pretend I didn't think of the Dresden Dolls. I think this song is saved by the fact that it's basically underwater, so it's all like weird sounding and shit, which I can appreciate. It sounds like an anime opening. Only for a very specific genre. I don't know what genre that's gonna be. <laughs> um, what is the thing? Soul Eater? Yeah, this would be a shonen opening. Yeah, this would be like a, a, a creepy, horror-y shonen opening. Anyway, yeah, this this song is a little abrasive and not in the way I prefer. I don't even think it's abrasive. I think it's just a bit cheesy. Like, all of the other songs have, like, this great product, like, really fun, like, production and playing with noise a lot. And this sort of does it too, but it does it in a very, like, dark cabaret-y way. Again, I'm sure this is someone's shit, but also, like, this is the song that mostly reminds me of fucking Amanda Palmer, and I don't like Amanda Palmer. Same. See, I liked this one. Okay. I don't know who that is, though, so... Oh, she's, um... Let's not talk about it. Yeah, I was trying to think of any (laughs) brief way we could unravel that and decided not to. We don't have time to unpack all that, then that is fine. I thought this song was cool and noisy in the way that I do like. So clearly we are just on opposite uh, sides of that coin with me not liking Lullaby for an Angel's Egg, but liking Folia Do and y'all being vice versa. Also, I thought of the perfect one-story summary of Amanda Palmer. Amanda Palmer released the news that she was getting divorced to her Patreon subscribers before her husband. (laughs) Ah. Yes. Noted. There. That's that's the Amanda Palmer experience. Okay. And then Requiem, which is sort of animals, but acoustic-ish. Um, eventually it becomes a Smash Bros. team, which scream over it, and I'm into it. Uh, I thought it was an ambient track that turns into bizarre circus music, and this is the track that convinced me I'm buying this album. Oh, nice. I already bought it. Oh yeah, this, this album has very uh, Halloween circus vibes, too. It's just $7 if you want to buy this album. You find it at, I'm assuming, stomachbook.bandcamp.com. I'm going to check. Yes. That. Yes, stomachbook.bandcamp.com. Slash album slash stomach thingy book. Hyphen. Hyphen, yes. You can also say dash. But that just reminds me of Sonic. Gotta go fast. And not King of Fighters? Okay. And I'm not a beat-em-up person. K-dash. I just never, I just don't play beat-em-up, like, 
Fighting games are not my thing. Hmm, but they all have such amazing music. Yeah, but like, then you have to play them, and it's like, I don't want to learn. I'm not playing games to learn. Note to self, cancel the cart of Putt-Putt's Day at the Races <laughs> that was going to be sent to Ellie. <laughs> no edutainment for her. <laughs> You, you you can send me you can send me Mario is missing that one I remember that one. Which version though? Do you want the one with the cursed voices? <laughs> what is the one with the cursed voices? Oh, the PC DOS CD ROM. I don't know. I I am not aware of. That There's one. a fully voiced version of Mario is missing. It's a multimedia experience. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Fun fact: Mario is missing was my first Mario game. And I softlocked in it because I did not know that one of the characters was telling me, uh, don't use the fire flower that will defeat me so you can continue through the game. They were just like, hey, Luigi, don't touch that. You might uh, get hurt. And I didn't want to see Luigi catch fire and die. So I never did. And I could never beat the game. <laughs> this is real. Uh, my experience with Mario's Missing is that I once bought a... Uh... I once bought a pirated PS2 DVD that contained a bunch of emulated Mario games. That is a sentence that I just said. One of them was Mario is Missing, and I would just run around in it, but I had no idea how to proceed because I didn't know English at the time, and the game was fully Ooh, in English. Oh, yeah. And also it was super glitchy because it was emulated on a PS2. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. I have not ever heard of this in my life, so I'm looking it up now. It's an educational game featuring Mario characters. So, Bowser has set up a fortress in the Antarctic where he's trying to melt the ice caps with a bunch of hair dryers, and Mario goes to investigate it and gets captured, so Luigi has to go in, but there are 15 different sites worldwide where, Carmen Sandiego style, Bowser has sent the Koopas to steal national landmarks, and you're teleporting to those places to clean them up while you're making your way up the castle. Yes, I see he's using uh, portals to do this, which is an acronym for Passcode Operated Remote Transportation and Larceny System. So, um, that is definitely, uh... A thing that exists, I guess. At one point in time, Mario is Missing was definitely the Mario game that had more thought than any other about the lore put into it, and that's saying something. Incidentally, since we're talking about Mario, I recently played Mario 3D World, and I got reminded that they made um, they made Peach officially a cat girl in that game, and Nintendo is still a company for some reason. I mean, that's also the game that gave us... The crown. The cr no, that is not the Bowser game. That is Wasn't you're thinking. No, you're thinking about the Wii U remake of New Super Mario Bros. U. I believe the sorry the Switch remake of New Super Mario Bros. U. Okay, I know it was one of the Switch remakes of a Wii U game. It's New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. Yes, that one. <laughs> Anyway, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, donate those crowns to us for science. 
unironically Peach is one Princess Peach is one of the reasons I realized I was trans, so yeah, please. <laughs> Requiem is a good song. Yeah, we talk have Requiem is a good song, as as mentioned. It's like it starts sort of like understated, then it gets some shouting in, and then it becomes like, as I mentioned, like it feels like a Super Smash Brawl opening theme with some scream over it, and it's like, yeah, that rocks. I liked all the parts of it that weren't screaming. That screaming is great. Do you mean that I don't have to recommend you that record that is like an hour of chamber music with scream over it? Very good. See, my morbid curiosity says that I want to listen to that, but I don't like screaming in music very much, so I probably won't like it. Fair enough. If you're interested, the record is Lo- uh, Vivre Encore by Lauren Ipsum. They're a French band, and there's a half-naked lady doing classical dance in the video for the single for that record. So oh boy. that is something people enjoy. I'll just find the link in your uh, yearly roundup thing. What about Devils? Ooh, the movie? The the next track. Oh, not the movie The Devils? That was never really officially released? Or like I was the say, proper cut wasn't released? Oh, okay. I I figured you'd be into The Devils. That sounds like a very huge movie. I was mixing up the description of what this looked like was uh, something entirely different. Never mind. All right. Yeah, this is perfectly okay. This came to me via a bootleg under a different title, so it took me a moment to recognize it. Okay, that's fair. That that makes sense. Uh, The Devils. Do I have any notes for Devils? Uh, My only note for this is Too Much Sense, so this is not one of the songs where I have a lot to say. (laughs) I love the drum breakdown here. It is a very chaotic song, so I think it has great vibes. I don't know if I have anything to say specifically about the song. It seems like it might be about depression. This whole record seems like it might be about depression. I mean... Yeah, that's fair. Points to the sign about trans experiences again. Hmm, fair. That is, that is just a late capitalism experience, to be fair. I'm 99% not depressed. Nobody's gonna call me on that one, huh? I'm amazed. <laughs> If you say you're not depressed, you're not depressed. I trust you on that. (laughs) Yep. Wow. Hearing the phrase, I trust you on that, feels so different after so long. (laughs) (laughs) My coworkers don't even trust me without a knife in my back if they can help it. I mean, Ellie is, like, really far away from you, so... Mm -hmm. That helps. (laughs) That probably would help. You're allowed to not trust Sybil, Adam, if you want. Nah, I trust Sybil. Okay. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, 
Devils is another wall of sound, very feedbacky. Kind of hard to talk about the lyrics. Again, want to call out that drum breakdown. So good. I like the lyrics. I can't hear them when I listen to the song, though. <laughs> I love the synth. I I think it's a bit too much, the synth, but I do love how chaotic this song is. It's fun. It's interesting. It's cool. And then we move to our story. track on the album it starts with a clown car honk so uh, I really love this song go on I was gonna say this is how we know that this album is good and that the songs on it are good is that there is a five minute and ten second long song and I did not notice and I have not complained about it (laughs) Well, that is a that is a great seal of approval from you. Mm-hmm. I think it is a fascinating track, but I had a few questions. Uh, it is in my top three of the album. In the middle of it, it turns into a 16-bit JRPG boss track, and then an extended guitar solo is overwritten by an electric violin. But I also wonder... Would I be more into this if this was broken into shorter individual tracks instead of very clearly multiple divergent takes stapled together? I think there is enough of a melodic through line through the song that I don't think that would work better. I think the song is a coherent musical piece melodically, and uh, the 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 changes are more stylistic than just music than you know. Structural, so I think it works as a single song. Mm-hmm. I do actually think that well, this I feel is like just immaculately written. Like I love the build up, I love the pathos. It's very loud, very big, great fucking chorus. This is another one of the songs where it's like, is this getting a bit too cute with like the instrumentation and all of the z- zany shit? Maybe it's just me who am more. Se- I prefer more things that are just a tiny bit more turned down. But I would have liked if they turned down the zany instrumentation of like a 50%. Because I think this song is great. It's just like sometimes it just goes into car honk mod, and I'm like, okay, I guess that's the way that you went with the song, and it's an interesting way that you went, but not necessarily Ta-da. my thing. Yeah. It is someone's thing. Uh, I think the song is great, generally. Um, yeah. I think this is the song that made me realize, oh man, I would have fucking loved this album if I was when I was a teenager. Oh yeah, same. You're not? <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, Fable. No. <laughs> I don't usually make those jokes anymore, so it was too easy an opportunity. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I have like two entire decades behind me, which makes me not a teen. I have two two decades. I have almost three decades. I'm gonna die soon. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? 
No. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. What? Adam, do we want to swap age? Um, I mean, if you really want to. I'll I'll take it. I'll take being See, like... See, I, I feel like I have a lot less uh, existential dread related to age than you. Oh yeah, because you're younger! You will get the existential dread derived from age. Give it like eight years. And speaking of melodies, how about we talk about Ode? one of the songs where I wonder if this guitar part is sampled for, from something because it does remind me of something um, it's math rock yeah I don't know this reminds me of something very anime because my first note here is anime as guitar over mumbled vocal this is mumblecore homestuck you're just inserting that word randomly and pretending that I know what it means in that context which one of the many words that I'm using here? <laughs> Mumblecore homestuck clown car. <laughs> it doesn't sound homestucky at all. Ellie thinks she knows what homestuck sounds like, but she doesn't. I never... The only thing that I experienced from homestuck was that video that you showed me once. Uh, and that's it. To be fair, in my brain, homestuck sounds like penis music, so I don't know. I mean, see, see, that is much, much closer to what Homestuck sounds like. Which pop punk band sounds the most like Homestuck? Panic at the Disco. Okay, but then the I'm right. No. Then I'm right. No. I'm crossing my arms and pouting right now because. See, see, here's the thing. Punk my rock chemical is romance. not home. Yeah, my chemical romance. But Homestuck doesn't sound like punk rock. <laughs> it it doesn't sound like punk it rock. It sounds like uh like eight bit glitchcore. This sounds like eight bit glitchcore, sort of. If you squint, your this sounds ear like sixteen bit glitchcore at the minimum. Or thirty two X turbo graphics bitcore. Oh God! Oh okay. God! Thirty two X glitchcore. Ellie, Ellie, if you put in about 30 more bicycle horns, this might sound like Homestuck. That was the last song that had bicycle horns in it. Not enough bicycle horns to make it sound like Homestuck. Okay, then. I give up. I'm pretty sure this riff is from an anime. I'm still pretty sure this riff is from an anime. That does sound anime-y. I'm literally sure that this riff is actually sampled from something, but my brain will not, will not, like, resolve these issues. I'd like to watch whatever anime this is an opening for. Anime uh, making executives need to start hiring Stomach Book to do their openings. Well, good news. Bleach is coming back. We have time. I, I never watched Bleach. Listen, if they get Stomach Book to do an opening for Bleach, I will accept Bleach coming back. Isn't Bleach just like Dollar Store Yu Yu Hakusho? 
Kind of. So yeah, Ode is a very interesting drum machine math rock combo, but the vocals are um, mixed almost aggressively poorly underneath it. This is again. I think it's cool. I okay. I love I love vocals being mixed under the instruments in noisy music. I think it's very cool. That's because you don't care about the lyrics. I do. But, but this is cool. It sounds cool. This is part of that thing that I want to discuss where a lot of trans musicians do very noisy and aggressively counterintuitive design on things. Black dress is very similar. Just a lot of feedback and clipping and this is kind of the mixing equivalent of that. And then the first two minutes feel like they're building to a climax, but they don't. And then it just keeps playing with Beat Mania key smashing over it. And so the song fizzles out for me. I like this song. This song is all right. I like the first half. Lullaby for an Angel's Egg, part two. I am going to just cut this episode and it's going to be like the 10 minutes that we're talking about these songs. <laughs> going to be a 10 minute episode. You could have the the actual episode and then the director's cut with all our nonsense. <laughs> I mean, the problem is that the actual episode will be like 10 minutes. I know. That's why it's really funny if you put them both up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lullaby for an Angel's Egg, part two. I like this. Probably better than part one. It's very long. It's very instrumentally. It has big words and girlfriend vibes. Like, maybe a bit less noisy, surprisingly, for this album. Um, a bit less glitchy. But it does have that kind of, like, big, uh, ambienty, experimental track vibe going. I sort of zoned out when I was listening to it, but in a good way. I like this song. I think this has very good texture, sound, very good composition, and it's good shit. It's instrumental for the first two minutes, around 2.30, 2.40, you finally hear some moaning as an instrumentation. Uh, at three and a half minutes, you finally get speech, but it's very limited and it's under everything else. This piece feels like what I'm pretty sure they're making a reference to, which is a very bizarre art house anime called Angel's Egg, which is designed by the guy who did a lot of the early Final Fantasy art, and it's the only thing they ever adapted his animation into, and it's basically a story of a priest losing his faith in an abandoned city with, like, five lines of dialogue that are all very metaphorical through the whole thing. Yeah. I still have to watch that anime, but it is on my list. The lyrics just say everything too loud four times and then too loud three times. I mean, that's the mood. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the last two tracks uh, have... They have light novel names. <laughs> In my little space Nothing changes I don't like this place I want 
The first one is Greeting from Oblivion, which I haven't took any notes from because there has no, always no, to be one you've, track. You've shortened it. It's Greetings from Oblivion. We hope to see you soon. I like the art for this one. It's cute. It has a crying angel cat. Ah, So the vocals did not work for me because I thought this was going to be hype and energy and it was soft piano whispers. And it builds up and it starts sounding like a mid-2000s Flaming Lips track for a while. But then, ten seconds from the finish line, it turns into a jackhammer skipping and everything stops and it's just abrasive and I'm done. Re-listening to it, I think it sounds nice, I like it, but it left no impression to me on me when I listened to it before, so... I do like the thing at the end, though, with the skipping. It's a vibe. So apparently the cat on the cover of the stomach book record name is Odette. Don't worry about the cat from the stomach book album cover. Her head can come off, but you can put it back on. It really hurts though, and she doesn't like it. Okay. More cat facts. She has a halo sometimes. IDKY. She is very shy. She is always bleeding all the time. I also don't know why. I don't know if she has arms either. Very mysterious cat. What? Mm. I am just relying the stomach book lore. Can we talk about the best song on the record? The anime ending? <laughs> the anime ending is wonderful. This is my favorite song on the record. Let's talk about Oh You Can Hope For Now or the Scar to Show For It. Like, this is what I talk when I say that I like this record when it turns down the wackiness a bit. Because this is perfect. This still has that kind of weird instrumentation stuff, but it's not so prominent, it's not so chaotic. And it's such a cool song. I love it. Like, this song is just fantastic. It has just, like, a great, uh, a great just, like, central theme to it. And like the the fucking bit where it's just like the fucking chorus is just seared into my brain. The, the whole move along, move along, move along now. This is so big. It does sound like an anime opening. Because no, 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 no. This like is big. an anime outro. Yeah. Uh, sorry, anime outro. Sorry. I'm mm. misspeaking today. I love this. This is the closest to sort of like a straight up noise pop song with like... A lot of memorable bits. I love this. I love this so much. This is the song that makes me love this record. This is such a great closer. 
I repeat to, I'm sure, the uh, millions of uh, anime-producing people that listen to our podcast, uh, hire Stomach Book to do your anime intro and outro music, like, yesterday. Seriously. I'm pretty sure everyone at Gainax listens to our podcast. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure that's true. Yep, it's 100% true. Um, and I want to watch an anime where Stubic Book does the intro and the outro because it would be amazing. <laughs> uh, Sebel? I think this is an interesting track. It loses an entire star for the chimes. But they are good chimes. Nope, nope. Take the chimes out of this and I'm so much hotter on it because when they come in, I'm immediately just thinking, uh, twinkly baby piano. <laughs> I think they work really well in the song. I think every bit of instrumentation melds very well. They're not overused like in some other song when there's like too much stuff for it to be coherent. It sounds like an eels record that bled out. I mean, that is not a bad thing. Twinkly Baby Piano is good. I don't know what you're talking about. I disagree, having just seen my nephew the other day. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I have problem with chimes is when they're Christmas chimes, and these are very much not Christmas chimes. Um, yeah, this is not the sort of All American Rejects Christmas bells. These are just good. The All American Christmas Rejects are great, but in a this is extremely funny way because this just sounds like a Christmas song now. This is not. This is just like it fits with the tone. It fits with the with the big closer. I don't know. I love this song so much. <laughs> This is a great song. <laughs> the All-American Christmas Rejects. <laughs> Isn't that like the plot of uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I don't know if he was American. I was going a bit darker with that because I was thinking of the whole bring back uh, Christ in Christmas thing. So Christ is technically an All-American Christmas Reject. <laughs> the X in Xmas isn't meant to replace Christ. X is the Greek letter for chi, but pronounced key. Jesus was a vessel with no darkness meant to battle Vanitas, a being of pure darkness, to create the Keyblade, a weapon of ultimate power to open the true kingdom hearts. Yeah, that's right. I can just summon that one up from the fucking ether when I need to. I think that I just got like a year or two shaved off my lifespan. I need to sit down. Merry X-Men, everyone. Yeah, Merry Shits, Graham. <laughs> this was a fun record. I bought it. I have today bought both this record and the Teleton record so I can put them in the episodes without um, fearing for my life. <laughs> also, you cannot pirate this anywhere. Mm. Surprise, surprise, the weird sort of niche indie records are not piratable. Though, I, yeah, final thoughts, I really like this record. I think... Um, it's not perfect. I think the um, 
it's sometimes a bit too over the top for my taste, but I do like that it, this reminds me of a lot of things that I like. It reminds me of early Lemon Demon. It reminds me of Shinsei Matachan. It reminds me of Words and Girlfriend. It reminds me of Millie. By the way, if you're not listening to Millie, you should be listening to Millie. They don't do music very often. They mostly do soundtracks, but the record they put out like a couple of years ago, it's fantastic. Um, This reminds me of a lot of niche shit that I'm really into, and it does that well, and it has personality, and it has it has its own vibe, uh, and it has a couple of genuinely amazing tracks, like All You Can Hope Are The Scars To Show For It and Our Story are outstanding tracks that elevate the record. Um... This is great. I'm, I follow uh, Stomach Book on Twitter, by the way, if you want to follow her on Twitter, she is uh, Gibral with a J, 39. Um, she mentioned a couple of times that she's not sure if she's going to make more music. I hope she does, because like, I love this, and I want to hear more of this, and this rules, and I want to see how the sound evolves. Um, this is one of my favorite records of the year. I, I really like it. I think it's really interesting. And I'm really into this. And it is very good for me. This is a, like a 4 out of 5 for me. It was a 4.5 out of 5 for me. The point five taken off is because of the screaming. The screaming is great. I like to hear things. What if they just hissed all the lyrics at you? That? Like in a scaly way, or? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is great. If you want to buy it, again, because you can buy this supporting the artist listener, instead of using dirty streaming services like Spotify, uh, you can, once again, go on stomachbook.bandcamp.com, and it's like $7. It's a lot of money for me, but for you, probably not, so buy it. Same song, different chorus. So this was an episode. You can find us at getoutofthistown.com, which is a wonderful website with our wonderful things that are not video games. You can mail us at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com. Please email us. We are generally extremely lonely. Just just tell us that you're there. You know, you, we, you make a podcast for like two years at this point, and no one ever emails you. It, it feels like shit. Just send us an email. Just Ellie's say laying on get the guilt messages trip. occasionally. I've read them to you. I don't know. Ellie just wants an email. <laughs> I want an email. Please email us. Or you can add us at GGOOTT Podcast. As always, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play. If you're on any of those platforms, please rate and review us. It always helps if it is a platform where you can rate and review us. Ellie might cry if you review, so you should definitely do that. Look, I, I, I'm on estrogen. I cry for everything, but yes, I would probably cry for that. Um... Um, next up, we'll continue with the third installment of our 2021 series. And do you have anything to plug, Sable? I have 
everything to plug. You can find all of my work and shows and things that I do linked from hellscaper.com. And do you have anything to plug, Adam? Nope. And you can as always find me at ACC The Moon. And if you want to support us, we do not have a Patreon, but if you want to recommend us other books based on body parts, you can do that. Have a good evening or morning. Have you ever read Hannibal, Ellie? (laughs) Ellie, this is going to result in us getting a bunch of recommendations for Dick Book. (laughs) Are they comedy Dick dick book, Book? Dick Book, Dick Book, Dick Book. I think I think dicks are inherently hilarious. So I'll take the comedy dick book. Have they ever have they ever adapted a uh, dick butt into a visual novel? Yes. <laughs> really? Without crediting Casey Green, but really? yeah, there's really? like a bunch of terrible Really? Is yeah, that- there's a bunch of terrible meme visual novels. Oh, I I was making a joke. I didn't know that capitalism made that joke for me and made it real. <laughs> Um, now it's not a joke. Yeah, you never want to browse that tag on Steam. What tag? Visual Capitalism? Novel. Oh. Capitalism is also a Steam tag. For a second, I thought the uh, tag you were talking about was specifically dick butt, and I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. Like, I'm pretty sure capitalism is still a Steam tag. Let's find out right now. Yes, yes it is. It gets me... Ooh, Luck Be a Landlord is the first one. Oligarchy. Wolf of Stock Street. It's hentai. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, uh, Sim Casino. I think I'm going to Bunny die now. <laughs> Cruelty Squad. Okay, that one tracks. Uh, Mad Games Tycoon 2. Is Racketeer on that? Idle yes, mining tycoon. Galactic mining core. Every piece of Fallout 76 DLC. A game called Squid Guys that was released two we'll weeks ago. Huh. Who cares? We'll call ourselves Capitalism 2. Okay, that's right. But we reign over the SUVs and Dairy Queens. This isn't lyricism. I'm just trying. Dropping rhymes like flies. Let's go freak out everyone. No reason. Who knows why? What's on your mind? Not like I've got the time to stick around. I'll catch my flight like a pop pumpkin. Get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify. I love vacation days. It's a blacked out haze. I'm in this cul-de-sac. Is coming back, 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 back. Who cares if we're obscure? Homecoming surf. I know this quiet life is to her. But now we're dancing round and laughing in the dirt. This one goes out to my homecoming surfs. Yeah, pour one out for my homecoming surfs. This one goes out to my homecoming serves. We're dancing around and laughing in the dirt. So, here's the thing. We're not doing a video game criticism. We're doing a nostalgia thing. I hate nostalgia. Nostalgia can kiss my ass. (laughs) Well, then you're not invited to the podcast anymore. So Fuck nostalgia. Nostalgia is why we have the current state of media where everything is remake and reboots. Fuck nostalgia. So what you're saying is that 
instead of the three hosts of this show, it will instead be Adam, Sybil, and Joaquin Phoenix's <laughs> Joker talking about <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Look, I love Kingdom Hearts. It's not nostalgia. I think those games are generally endearing. Fuck nostalgia. <laughs> I am... when This is me when we talk about video games. Video games are terrible, and this is this is what you get when I talk about video games. 